Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchett, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host today in Denver, Colorado, James Felinas. James, how are you? I'm doing great out here, Pritch. Happy Monday to you, my friend. How was your weekend? Uh, the weekend was good. Um, but considering what happened in Colorado, uh, I feel for some people out there that I know, uh, big fans of the Avs and big fans of the Nuggets. Uh, going into the weekend, uh, there was a ton of optimism uh, towards the uh, Denver Nuggets teams. Uh, going into Friday, okay, we're thinking maybe they get back into the series. But lo and behold, uh, the series is over. Uh, the Phoenix Suns go in there, take care of business, and they sweep the Nuggets. Uh, your thoughts on that game? I'm shocked uh, that the Nuggets got swept in this round. Yeah, I'm surprised they, they they got swept, and I'm surprised that we weren't able to see more out of uh, even some some different additions or some subtraction by addition uh, for the Denver Nuggets when it came to their lineup. And Mo- Coach Malone tried to do some of that yesterday. He did insert, uh, he did put in Barton and Morris into Game Four, but for Rivers and and Faku, who really weren't expected to, Rivers wasn't on the team a few months ago, and Faku was just there as a a pickup this last year in the off season as somebody. To 
just to do spot minutes at the guard position. And that's really where this series was lost was the, the guard tandem there for Phoenix or versus Denver. And Chris Paul was just absolutely sensational. Yeah. Critch, uh, through all four games, we know he's gutting through that shoulder injury that he suffered game one against the Lakers, but especially these last couple games, you would have never noticed it. I mean, he was the floor general out there. He was by far the best player, the most confident player, and really was completely dialed in offensively to take advantage, not only of the mismatches on the side for the, the backcourt for the Nuggets, but also then finding Porter Jr., whoever he was guarding, and really <laughs> kind of is exploiting his his lack of defensive awareness in the team concept as well. As, it's really just such a credit to the veteran Chris Paul and fighting through the injury the way that he did, but ultimately out there on the floor through those four games, Pritch, 25 points per game, mm -hmm. basically 25 points per game, 41 assists and just five turnovers. So yeah. five turnovers. So complete, just a complete master in the backcourt for the Suns. And yeah, absolutely, they're moving on in four <laughs> games. And unfortunately for the Nuggets, uh, you know, injury side, it's, it's part of it's part of it's part of sports, right? Injuries sure. happen. We've seen a lot of teams impacted oh, yeah. by injuries, but it was going to catch up to them, especially not having the uh, the dog that was Jamal Murray on the team last year, not being in the playoffs this year. You know what, James? It didn't stop them from um, playing uh, more intense on defense, though. I'm thinking, okay, we see the hard foul from the Joker. Uh, he gets ejected, which clearly affected things. But uh, of all the people to commit a hard foul, that's the guy that's not supposed to do it. Uh, and yet you just talked about Chris Paul and how comfortable and what a difference maker he was. I'm surprised that the Nuggets uh, didn't put him on the floor a, a few more times out there just to test that shoulder a little bit. It's it's really just wasn't in their DNA. It wasn't yeah. in their makeup as far as a playoff basketball team. It's they're definitely a finesse basketball team. Mm -hmm. And Joker, not that he's not a physical player. Yeah, that aside, the fact that he got a flagrant two was thrown out of the game for that. That was clearly a frustration foul and flagrant foul to be sure. But he wasn't his intent wasn't to injure right. anybody. And and the fact that he got him across the bridge of the nose or however he hit him, and, and they sell it a little bit too. But ultimately, yeah, that's a, moving uh, aside from that of the fact that he gets toss from there. I mean, clearly Phoenix was the better team in all four games. And even if Joker is on the floor for that fourth quarter, I still, I, I think it makes a difference for Denver for sure, but they're not going to win that series. And to think defensively for the Nuggets, they just had no options. They they couldn't I think anytime, you, whether it's the ball screen, and that's what Chris Paul just lives off that ball screen and getting around that free throw line extended, whether he's going to shoot that, that mid-range 15 plus footer and or find opportunities for other players, his teammates to get involved in the offense off those double teams uh, just too much. They, they couldn't get the ball out of his hands and mm -hmm. they really never had a, a, a different matchup for him. And anytime they pulled Joker out into the, into the ball screens, that's where he's always been most susceptible defensively. And he's not a fleet of foot center and his, his game is on the offensive side of the floor. And they were able to exploit that out of Joker too. his, his lack of uh, being able to play any type of perimeter defense, especially when you're having a ball screen and they, he got caught up in a lot of those as well. So yeah. credit to the Suns, credit to credit to Chris Paul and, right. And, you know, credit to Monty Williams, coach of the Suns. Like this team all season long. Love the addition here. And here right. they are sitting in the Western Conference Finals. I, I will note that you did mention the Suns as a team to watch all year long. Uh, spot on about that as they move on in the playoffs. They get to cover. Uh, certainly, uh, Denver actually was the home dog in that one, which, which was probably revealing. It's betting across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Vegas. Your other host today is James Salinas out in Denver, Colorado. James is 2-2. Uh, Bucks and Nets. 
How about the Bucks showing some moxie? Now, we'll get to the injury uh, situation in a minute. Uh, but the Bucks, I, I thought uh, they turned up the intensity uh, in this series. Uh, they get back in it. Like I mentioned, it's tied 2-2. Uh, they actually cover. Uh, they were the home dog in this one. Um, uh, plus three, catching three points. Uh, 228 was the total. Cash is to the under as well. And the, the confidence. You talked about the moxie yeah. and so much of it just looks like they just look like a confident team again. They, they look like the confident team after game one in that first round series against the Miami Heat, where you've, if they clearly looked tight in that game and the pressure was on them to, to exercise the demons from last year's playoff bubble against that Miami Heat team and then Middleton hitting that big shot in overtime uh, basically at the buzzer to win that game and ultimately propelled them with the confidence to, to sweep that series against the Heat. Now you've seen a different Bucks team playing at home for one, and that's always going to give you a little more confidence at playing in your own arena. But but I think the biggest difference now is we've seen back-to-back games out of Chris Middleton being able to score the basketball mm-hmm. and shoot with some confidence. And now it's not just uh, a defense for the Nets, and not that this is a team that is known for its defense, but ultimately, knowing full well, everything is going to be facilitated through Giannis, and a lot of times he's facilitating his own offense off the dribble, and now you're starting to see with Middleton in game three for sure especially that first quarter came out hitting lights out and then they were able to gut it through and and win a close game and then game three and tons of confidence rolling into game four and shot the ball very well again from the perimeter 16 made threes now they took a lot of threes but that's kind of who they are and what they do but again Middleton being that secondary scorer that can you can lean on consistently so it all doesn't have to just come out of Giannis now the Nets have to be conscious of that and and I think for Holiday again trying to facilitate not so much the scoring piece. He did put some. He did have 14 points, but the assists. And now you're starting to see those three players needing to step up. In particular, Middleton and Holiday, and Holiday getting other teammates involved. Nine assists, only one turnover. So terrific game from Drew Holiday on the offensive side, right? As well as the defensive side, and too. And now we're sitting here, like you said, Bridge two 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 James. Uh, so here's where uh, I get. I, I wonder if it's revealing from a betting perspective. So. Um, Game two, uh, the first one in Milwaukee. Milwaukee was laying three and a half. Um, Game three, they're catching three points. Uh, So is that revealing from a betting perspective in terms of uh, not, not so much the books, but what the market is indicating that nobody knows where this series is going right now? Maybe an opportunity that way. Well, as far as the two home games, considering for the Bucks, their first game at home, that game three, where yeah, it was. I think the, the you think about the line movement there, and and the, they were the short favorite in game two, or kind of think it closed in game two, that second game in Brooklyn right. as a really short favorite for Milwaukee, and and then how those tables turned come game four, just feeling like all right for the Nets, this is going to be the bounce back spot for the Nets in that game four. But I didn't end up pulling the trigger. I was leaning Nets, but I. I just couldn't get there, and I think it was probably something, uh, uh, the way that they closed out Game 3. Now, Game mm-hmm. 3, that first game in Milwaukee, Nets couldn't get anything going. Milwaukee was clearly the more focused team going into that first quarter. Blitzed them, I think it was 30-11 to 11 was the, f- the score after the first quarter, and then got themselves back into it, obviously, in a tight, close game, but the execution at the end, and I think that was what was most concerning my takeaway from the Nets, and in particular with Coach Nash, 
the 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 fact that they I think it was a one point game. They had the lead. They had the ball with twenty some odd seconds mm-hmm. left, and the set is run for Brown and Kevin Durant. Kyrie is sitting. He's in the backcourt. He's forty some odd feet away from the basketball. Didn't understand where. If you're gonna go and it's time to close this game out, or you get a basket here, you're up three and you put yourself in great position. You've got to put your two superstars together out there on that side of the floor, and you see Kyrie deep in the backcourt. Didn't right. understand that move and it's just something that I just couldn't shake and I couldn't get I couldn't get that out of my head just thinking of how they ended up running that set turning the ball basically getting a bad shot throwing the ball away and then losing the game the way that they did it's just something that stuck with me and so I ended up staying away from that game yesterday entirely uh, and I'm glad that I did because I was leaning towards the net stayed away from that and then we see now not only are they tied to to all the momentum and confidence on the buck side and the health is clearly on the buck side oh absolutely James great lead in right there uh, game two was the overreaction where Milwaukee became the favorite, uh, then goes home, uh, was a home favorite, and then was a dog in game four. Uh, so I got that straight now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just find it revealing that maybe the books or the market just doesn't know where to go with this here. So let's get to it. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, and his injury. He left the arena in, on crutches, um, right f- uh, foot and a walking boot. Uh, James, x-rays were negative, but yet the MRI, the imaging, that's what we're waiting for. Uh, So moving forward, we talked about maybe Nash not knowing what to do down the stretch in tight games, uh, roles for certain players, certain superstars. Uh, The Nets probably down another superstar for the next game. Most likely, I mean, yeah. it, you, we, we'll see what the MRI reveals. But we saw the we saw that roll of the ankle. That was not good. That's a, that's a high ankle sprain. There, those can take quite a while. Mm-hmm. And for somebody like Kyrie and the quickness that he plays with, the lift that he plays with on his jump shot as well, he needs to have those ankles clearly at 100 percent to play the style of game that he needs to be effective. And when he is 100 percent, we know how effective he is managing the basketball. And he's had to take over the facilitator role because Harden. His hamstring, he hasn't been in this series. And, you know, we haven't seen the big three at all in this series. And I don't know what the status of Harden is going to be. And even if he does come out, does he play game five? Does he play sometime in the series, game six potentially? He's not going to be at 100% and don't know what we're going to get out of there. So for me, Pritch, I had the Nets in six at 400. I had the Nets in seven plus 350. And I got myself out of those bets. So I've taken myself and I've taken the bucks in six. And I'll lose 25 cents here if, if this ends up happening, but I took the Bucks in six plus 175 uh, just to kind of get myself out of those bets because this has been the thing that we've talked about with so many of these series and so many of these superstar players having these injuries. And now that was a fluke when it came to Kyrie. He was he was healthy on the floor, but mm-hmm. you know you, you can't predict when somebody's going to roll their ankle, but it's just the fact that now if, because of his ankle, his injury, didn't know that Harden wasn't going to be dressing up for this series either when I played those, put those bets in play before the series started last week i'm going to get myself out of those because the health right now clearly in favor of the bucks also the mindset of the bucks right. now winning those two games feeling really confident this is their opportunity come game five we'll see how that mri reveals but i can't imagine Kyrie's going to be on the floor and if you're going to go win this series it starts in game five because you don't want to have to try to go back and win a game seven potentially on the road you got to get it done in in six games here for the bucks yeah looking at it too uh james uh the bucks uh plus 175 right now uh and six 
if they get uh, this next game and then go back to Milwaukee, uh, they're going to be feeling even more confident than they are right now. The the confidence has clearly shifted uh, from where the Nets were, Brooklyn was. uh, No court chemistry, but that didn't matter because they knew they were talented and they had the um, confidence. And and it showed in those games uh, early on in the series. And uh, you look at Milwaukee now, though, uh, more physical, more presence defensively, uh, and now neutralize the, uh, the Nets are in terms of their superstars. Middleton stepping up, too. I mean, this is a big uh, myth, uh, a big shift here. Uh, if you ask me in terms of confidence uh, on the side of the Bucks, uh, now can they run with it, James? I mean, that's the only question now. It's, it's all about game five for them. And if you get this, go, go in in game five. Again, we'll, we'll wait to see who yeah. actually dresses up. But Kyrie, if he gets out there, is not going to be anywhere close to 100%. And I just can't imagine seeing the replays of how he tweaked that, how mm. he rolled that ankle <laughs> over. Just can't see it being a, out there if he is not effective whatsoever. And then Harden, how effective is he going to be? Does he gut it up and have to play through it? Not only effective if Harden does come back in. Don't think he's going to be, obviously, clearly 100%. But... But he's going to be susceptible to pulling or straining that hamstring again. Right. And how many minutes does he get on the floor? I don't want to bet that. I'm not going to bet the fact that, <laughs> yeah, they're going to gut it out. Gutting it out is one thing and mm-hmm. playing with playing with heart and getting out there and doing your thing. But you, you also got to be healthy to some degree. And these are injuries. This isn't just managing and playing through pain. These are injuries that you can continue to re-aggravate. And you're talking about guys that need to l- utilize their legs, their hamstrings, their ankles to be effective. I don't like. That's why I didn't like my position sitting now with these injuries, and but clearly just got myself out of it. So if I'm going to get involved, it's going to be game to game, but it's going to be basically the health status here. And right now for the Bucks, you got to go get Game Five with the the how banged up the Nets are. You can't you can't start looking ahead. You got to take care of business in Game Five. That way you have the closeout in Game Six because anything can happen in Game Seven, and you don't want to be the road team having to make that happen uh, as as with the Bucks would be if they can't get this game in game five all right a lot to look forward to in that matchup and, and uh for the record james i played injured in a playoff situation it's not the same uh the playoff intensity versus regular season is not the same so even if you can go out there and gut it out and play uh can you be effective uh, and certainly that's what we got to look for uh from kyrie irving's perspective let's move on to the 76ers and the hawks somebody who has been effective is uh Embiid. uh he, this guy has been the difference maker james when you see the philadelphia 76ers uh, in a 2-1 lead right now in this series over the Hawks. Absolutely, and and they've had no answer for him. Now, we did see more aggressive double teams out of the Hawks this last game, but they can't keep him off the free throw line. Right. He is absolutely living at the foul line, and that's what, <laughs> that's clearly where the di- difference is. I mean, he's he's a tough matchup for any team that you're going to face, and I I think for the Hawks also, not not that Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, would have been guarding him or matching up, but you send a, a double team with a player like DeAndre Hunter and his length and athleticism to contest not only shots, but also passes passes I think that's a big that was a big loss for the Hawks not having DeAndre Hunter available for this series and he's out for the rest of the playoffs so thinking about what what you're going to see from Embiid again now he only took 14 shots from the floor but he lived at the free throw line and he's done that he's had double digit free throws in each of these games basically he's had 16 16 and 15 free throw attempts on each you know collectively for each game so I think here what are we going to see out of the Hawks defensively run some more double teams at him because that's what they did in the last game and if you can play some defense without fouling be more aggressive in the double teams now the double teams were coming Pritch but they were a little passive yeah. in those double teams it seems like he's sensing them too 
And he is sensing him, and yeah. he's going to be able to see over the top of any double teams coming. But I think because they weren't as aggressive, they're worried about that that help side, you know, the, the dive cut coming from the help side where that double team is coming from. Uh, so does that double team come from somewhere else? Instead of coming from the help side, does it drop in from the entry pass? Maybe mm -hmm. that's where it comes from tonight. We'll have to wait and see. But what we did see out of Embiid was he clearly knew those double teams were going to be coming at him in game three and found his teammates, whether it was those dive cuts or open three-point shooters. He had eight assists. I think that was a season high for him. So eight assists in that game three for Embiid. So was able to adjust as well as continue his parade to the free throw line. Yeah, absolutely. You look at this game too, uh, James. Atlanta's catching three points at home. Uh, 225 and a half uh, is a total. I was potentially looking at the over in this one. Uh, now, hear me out. <laughs> it's, it's because, uh, look, Trey Young, he's got to get involved, but yet the 76ers um, they found an answer for him. They have an answer for him, whether it's trapping or just a bigger body uh, committing defense uh, towards Trey Young. Uh, and then on the other side, Embiid seems uh, unstoppable at this point too, but maybe Atlanta does come up with a solution, whether it's a double team or, or you know, if, if Embiid feels inclined to take more outside shots, maybe he can miss those. Uh, so, but he's been a high percentage player, certainly. Uh, I was looking at the over, but it might have moved. I was looking at it earlier. I think it was around 224. Uh, but now it's 225 and a half, maybe 224 and a half. I saw it earlier. Yeah, 225 and a half yeah. and climbing. So it's, mm -hmm. I see some places juiced to the over as yeah. well, to your point. So <laughs> other folks are thinking the same thing. The points are coming. I think that's where the Hawks just limited defensively. They're, what other answers right. do they have? We talked about game three, needing to make an adjustment from games one and two and start to double team more onto Embiid. But again, like I said, those double teams were pretty passive. They were coming. They weren't very aggressive. And they were a lot of times coming from that help side defender on that baseline. And we saw Simmons get more involved in the offense and cutting off the cutting off some of those guys because they're going to leave Simmons open to shoot the basketball. And so dive cuts from Simmons to the rim, and he's got the he definitely got the ability to finish at the rim. So they were able to connect on a, on a number of plays. No Danny Green in the series. Mm -hmm. Now he is out. We know Danny Green is out there to shoot threes. Now, with the what, what does the rotation look like for Philadelphia, and do we start to see maybe potential double teams coming, whether it's coming off of Simmons and then stepping over to, to cut off those dive cuts that he's going to have to the basket off those double teams, and or maybe you're going to have some more uh, with Danny Green's replacement, how they start to rotate that out because he's not going to be out there as the sharpshooter for Philadelphia. Uh, do the double teams come from his replacement there because of the injury? That's That we'll have to see, but I think, again, I just don't think there's too many answers left for the Hawks, really okay. big loss for DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter to not be on the floor. Really, he is their best. He is the best defender for the Hawks. Right? Yeah, Capella's got to stay out of uh, foul trouble for sure if he can, uh, and be so physical down there. And they're not calling it. Uh, it's like uh, Doc Rivers has uh, successfully lobbied for Embiid to be physical uh, down in the post and is working. Uh, and then now Atlanta, they're going to have to light up again from the three. I, they've been, I guess not taking as many three-point shots. Uh, so maybe expect them to kind of get back into character with that. I think so, and okay. I think it's one thing to take him. It's another thing to make him. Right. It's really it, a lot of it's going to fall on Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich has got to be the guy that can hit those consistently. I think Gallinari. You, you never know what you're going to get from Gallo game to game. And sometimes <laughs> he's going to shoot. He'll he'll make five threes, and the next night he's going to go like he did in game three. He'll go zero for four. Uh, so it, not somebody you're going to can be consistently depending on. It's got to be Bogdanovich that mm -hmm. steps up and fills that role. But only took five three pointers. Right. 
attempts right. in that last game. Only made two of them, but just not enough attempts. 23 three-point attempts collectively. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to stretch the floor because uh, you're not going to get to the rim consistently against Embiid in the Sixers. Yeah, the 76ers are working them defensively. And so, uh, you know, from the 76ers standpoint, let Embiid get his 40, uh, especially if there's two from that variety. But uh, I think the Hawks are going to have to increase their three-point output and, like you said, knock them down as well. Yeah, yeah, you got to stay out of foul trouble, right. so that's the biggest thing here. You can't also be aggressive against the B, but don't put him at the foul line. Yeah, that we can say that, but that's a taller <laughs> task right? to, to actually execute. That's the game plan. Anyway, uh, coming up uh, next on the program, we got another injury concern. Uh, this one with the Utah Jazz. We're not talking about Conley either. We're talking about a superstar. Uh, we'll talk about that game coming up next. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game. game. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the Strip, be sure to have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be at least 21, and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host in Vegas. Your other host in Denver is James Salinas. James, uh, Jazz Clippers. Uh, affected by injuries going into it. And now uh, the developments, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, he's going to be ready to go. Now, it's a different uh, thing to be ready to go and and also to play well. We saw this guy not score a point in that first quarter uh, on the road against the Clippers. Uh, Your thoughts on this matchup? Health status again and injuries that we're talking about ankles and and feet for players that need to have healthy ankles and feet. We talked about Kyrie Irving the last segment. Mitchell is the same way. And I think we've noticed he hasn't he's not 100 Mm percent out there. He is one. If we if we see if you think about how he's played in the regular season, you think about how he played in the bubble last year. He's sensational in the in the playoff bubble, too. He not only the ability to shoot and create his own shot and, and ton, you know, deep range from his three point shot, but also the ability to get up over the rim and finish at the rim finish above the rim and and play and utilize some of his athleticism mm-hmm. as he gets all the way to the basket haven't seen that so far in the playoffs we've seen spectacular games out of Mitchell for sure but it is really his perimeter shooting is where that's coming from it's not coming from drives to the basket and getting up over guys and and hammering balls through through the hole like he did before now you've tweaked it now you've got this injury another another concern with his ankles it's just too much right now Pritch to feel like yeah he can say he's gonna go and of course he is he's that's the competitive nature of of these athletes and Donovan Mitchell in particular he's gonna say that he's going to think that but is his body and his his foot is his ankle going to agree with him that's what we're betting on right here if you're wanting to take the jazz I don't want to take the jazz in this spot here because kind of the same thing with his backcourt teammate Conley not being there those are two big losses not having Conley for the first three games for one uh, but now potentially uh, a hint a hampered and injured Donovan Mitchell going forward here mm-hmm. in game four 
tough spot right now for the Jazz. Yeah, real tough spot. Uh, the Clippers are laying five right now here in Vegas. Two twenty-four is the total. Uh, James, you know, it's one thing too if if the um, Clippers uh, can clamp down like they have been. Uh, whether it's Donovan Mitchell trying to create, trying to facilitate, too, uh, an excellent, excellent defensive basketball team. Uh, on the other side, Utah, they feel like they, at least I feel like they need to knock down at least 15 to 20 threes uh, to have a chance. I mean, anybody else, I mean, Clarkson, I, I know he'll step up, but can anybody else kind of step up um, uh, to fill in uh, the missing uh, production from a potential Donovan Mitchell and, and a hampered uh, Donovan Mitchell out there? Clarkson's going to have to do it off the bench, but he's going to have to shoot better. And we know he never met a touch that he didn't like shooting. So <laughs> right. he he made four threes in that game, in the end game three, but also shot collectively five of 16 from the floor. Mm-hmm. So not a good shooting night from Clarkson and Bogdanovich either. Two out of 10 from the floor, one of five from three. Those are really the two. I mean, Ingles is going to be somebody, he's a spot shooter, so he's not going to be able to create his own kind of shot out there. And he hit five threes in that game. And they, they are, they're going to have, uh, they, they hit 19 threes in that game, but it was the two-point range where they really struggled. Right. And, and I think you're going to have to get some more out of the out of the, all those players are going to have to get some more production. And I think the other side, though, too, is you're going to have to rim protect and you're going to have to play better on the defensive side. And and you're going to have to now make sure that as far as like Gobert is concerned, he's going to have to be on the floor, be more assertive offensively when you're talking about offensive glass, getting on the boards, getting some putbacks, getting some rebound, not just forget about defensive player of the year. You're going to have to get some easier baskets. So maybe some more crashing on the boards. We'll have to see how to go bear. Now, can he get that done? We'll have to see about it. But yeah, you're going to have to find production, but that's where it's going to have to come from Bogdanovich Clarkson have to shoot better and some more production offensively in the in the half court off some offensive rebounds for Gobert okay and in a series standpoint I, I are you involved in a series no nope. okay yeah you kind of wait in the, the, the injury certainly right that was exactly yeah, yeah Pritch. I, I didn't want it because of Conley. Now right. with the Clippers, they were fine. Uh, they were fine. I was more concerned with from the Clippers side just the grind of that series, the seven game series from the Mavs. How much did that take out of them? But what when it was Conley's status and he wasn't going to be available or not knowing when he was going to be available, this was just going to be game to game for me. And now with Donovan Mitchell status, I'm not involved in this game for Game Four tonight in any way, shape, or form. Okay, for informational purposes, right now the Clippers in six plus four fifty uh, and seven plus four hundred. Uh, when we come back after break, uh, can a long layoff cool off a hot team? But what if both teams are hot? We preview our NHL playoffs. It's coming up next. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VSIN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on vsin.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at vsin.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you right now. James, Tampa Bay uh, is trying to defend uh, their title. Uh, I, I like every year is different, though. I like when people say that. But defending Stanley Cup champions, how about that? They're, that road gets difficult, though, as they're matched up against New York. Uh, New York gets game one. Uh, going over some series pricing right now. Uh, the Lightning in six plus 375. Lightning in seven plus 333. Islanders... Uh, interesting to sweep plus 850, five games plus 550, six games plus 450. Uh, your thoughts on game one, what you saw, and, and how you think this series could potentially play out? Well, I'm kicking myself now, Pritch, because I we talked about it before and and been looking at it. I was looking at it, looking at it as far as the Islanders to win in six games. At, it was plus seven dollars. Mm. Now it's down to four fifty. Yeah. Uh, so I, I and I really like the Islanders. And I what I I think probably what I did, and I'll do this sometimes as a, as a better is I I took. The Islanders in Game Five against Boston—they were a dog. Then I took them in Game Six as a dog, and they obviously they won both of those games and were able to move on to the to this to this round here to face the Tampa Bay Lightning. And there's something about this team I really like. Coach Barry Trotz—you know I'm not a fan of any teams. It's whoever I bet on, that's who I'm cheering for mm-hmm. tonight. And, but I am a fan of players, and I am a fan of coaches, and I'm really a fan. I've been a fan of Barry Trotz and what he's done. And uh, you get a guy, I get a coach like this that comes in, and this is the identity of who I am. Who we will be as a team this is the culture of our team and we've seen that play out we saw that last year play out for the islanders in the playoffs two years ago as well and now this year back in the conference final we'll just call it the conference final here and the the final four we'll call it here now in the nhl but I didn't want to let my my fandom, I think, of Coach Trotz and really well, how much I like this team, and I didn't want that to, I guess, influence me to say, well, where is this going to be in this series, and which way do I want to go? So I, I laid off. I didn't get involved. Um, now, like I said, I'm kicking myself. But as far as the Islanders and their play, they were clearly the more disciplined team. I think they were the they were the more intense team for sure. Uh-huh. And and I think for Tampa, and you you heard it, John Cooper had some some words after the game post presser. Uh, just basically saying his team's mind wasn't there with some of the the plays and the decisions that they made with the puck and New York was very disciplined. They know they do not want to commit penalties and put Tampa Bay and that just that relentless power play unit that comes on the ice because they are spectacular and they did get one to close out the game yesterday. But here I'm going to probably wait see how game two folds. If Tampa can win that game, then we'll see about those adjusted series prices because I think we've talked about home ice advantage and we've talked about certain areas. We know that right there in your hometown (laughs) at T-Mobile. That is definitely an advantage for the Vegas Golden Knights, Mm -hmm. and I think for sure it is an advantage at Nassau Coliseum when the Islanders play there, and that's kind of why I was looking in six. Uh, But I think the other part for me, too, Chris, is I just couldn't get in front of a a team like the Lightning here, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champs. But to your point, it is difficult to repeat, and I think this is going to be a, a long series. It's going to be a, an excellent series, mm-hmm. and I think if game one is indicative of how the series is going to go, yeah, it's going to be a minimum of six to seven games, and I'll probably get back involved and jump back in at a better price on the Islanders to win in six games now that they've got this, at least the split if Tampa does pull out game two. Yeah, of note to me is the way that the Islanders, they take advantage of your mistakes. Uh, so if you're Tampa Bay, and this is probably why the coach got on him, like you can't make mistakes against this hockey team right now. Uh, they capitalize on all those situations. Uh, very disciplined, like you said, too. And then the pedigree from Trotz, I think, is off the charts. Uh, let's get to the game tonight out here in Vegas, James. Uh, Montreal, a hot team, long layoff. Uh, 
the Vegas Golden Knights, a hot team, shorter layoff. Um, I don't know if this is going to factor in. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights last played on June 10th. Uh, the Canadians last played on June 7th. But either way, both teams are hot. Uh, Knights are heavy favorite as expected out here in Vegas. Five and a half is a total. Uh, laying 275. Think, and that's a big number. Yes, and, it and is. Typically, I'd, want, <laughs> I'd probably want to get involved with the the Canadians, but there are a couple injuries, especially a couple key defensemen that are right. most likely not going to be out there. So I think I'm going to, instead of playing that big plus price with Montreal, I think what I'll end up doing, I think this is going to be, it's game one here, and teams are going to fill each other out and not want to put themselves in a position where you've, you, you lose your discipline, whether that's committing a stupid penalty and getting yourself in the box and giving the advantage now to your opponent and or more so just limit your turnovers be mindful with the puck be more conservative with the puck don't give up any odd man rushes in the neutral zone those types of things i think there'll be a feeling out process so i'm just going to look at the under and play the under here it's sitting at five now it's really juiced it's a dollar 30 but i'll lay it i'll lay the dollar 30 juice under five and a half because i think the one thing you talked about both teams being hot absolutely they're hot they're very confident coming in and you've got two hot goaltenders nobody's mm-hmm. hotter in these playoffs than Price on the Canadian side and then Andre Fleury uh, between the pipes here for Vegas. And I just think feeling like it's going to be a conservative game here with two hot goaltenders. I'm going to play the under here at five and a half. You know what? I've never, I don't think I've asked you about player props uh, from a hockey standpoint. Uh, I'll throw some out out to you. I don't know if you're going to participate participate or not here, but uh, uh, Pacioretty, excuse me, uh, plus 800. from a goal score standpoint, to be the first goal score plus 800 anytime plus 120, uh, Marcia Show uh, is plus 900. These are on the night side, uh, first goal or plus uh, 155 anytime. Do you entertain any player props uh, when it comes to the NHL playoffs? Not really, and I and in this case here because I'm going to bet the under right. in this game at five and a half. I'm I don't want anybody to score, so I don't You're want to jump against and say here's who I, Exactly right, but I think for somebody like Pacioretty, doesn't he have three game winners? Yeah. I think he's got three game winners. So if anything, you'd be looking at a plus price at eight hundred plus eight hundred if you're going to say to to score last. But I suspect it's going to be a tight game, okay. close game again. More of a conservative approach for both of these teams, and then thinking about the the how Vegas is here. They've had some time to regroup and and you talked about a few days layoff from being able to to win the last four games and knock the Avalanche out in Mm -hmm. convincing fashion from the last round. Now having to restart yourself and bring that energy again, the crowd will bring the energy, so that's definitely going to be an advantage for Vegas, but just feel like it's going to be more of a conservative start. So since I like the underprints, I don't want anybody to score, so I'm not going to get involved (laughs) with any goal scorer props because I hope nobody finds the back of the net tonight. Yeah, good point there. You know, one of the things I was looking at, too, from a, a betting perspective was was the layoff for the Canadians. For instance, uh, June 7th, the last time they played, uh, by taking care of business against Winnipeg, gave them practice time. Uh, whether it was going to be the Avs uh, or the Knights, they were going to need practice time. So indeed, uh, the five and a half under uh, looks attractive to me as well. Coming up on the program, uh, our senior NBA expert, Jonathan Von Tobel. A lot to go over with these NBA playoffs, the injuries. What does JVT think? You'll get his thoughts coming up next.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> 
Everybody, discover BetMGM, the king of sports books. Sign up today and place a $1 wager on any Euro 2020 match. If either team scores a goal in the match, you'll win $100 regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your first bet. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan. New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly if you feel you have a problem. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today, and happy to bring on to the program right now our senior NBA expert, Jonathan Von Tobel. You can follow him on Twitter at MeJVT. JVT, how are you? There's should turn my mic on, huh? I'm doing good, <laughs> yes. man. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, geez, I don't know where to go with this in terms of uh, what's going to happen with the Nets. I mean, we've seen this before with injuries and, okay, the big three haven't played together, but this is the playoffs now. And we've seen this market shift too, whether there was an overreaction, which was a great call by you going into game two. And then now you see uh, Brooklyn catching three points at home with the early lines. Yeah, and look, this is something a little bit unknown, right? I mean, we do have some numbers behind this to see what the Nets look like in the regular season. Durant by himself, no Harden and no Irving on the floor. Talking about just over 500 possessions and a net rating of 14.4, positive net rating. So that's really good, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other noise around that. You know, that's a lot of that's a lot of regular season games. What opponents are they playing in those minutes, right? It's not Milwaukee, obviously, for every single one of those possessions. So, so that is something to take into account. And look. I think there was a bit of an overreaction in terms of the narrative around this whole thing. When KD goes out and scores, what, 16 points, right, to, in the third quarter when K, when Kyrie goes down? So they're, they're perfectly capable of still, I think, Pritch, winning a game and winning a series. But here's the thing. So we look at this overall. We know that game two was an overreaction to make this Brooklyn, or, yeah, this Brooklyn team an underdog at home. But now we're at where we probably should be with this line. So I don't have anything in terms of an angle in playing this thing from a side or anything because I just want to see how this team reacts. We know that they're really good with just Kevin Durant on the floor, but Milwaukee is a little bit better defensively than most of the opponents. Can they still exploit them from the perimeter? I, I totally think so. I would lean toward Brooklyn, but right now it's too much of an unknown to really feel comfortable about it. JVT, so let's look at tonight's card, and we'll start with the Sixers taking on the Hawks. Sixers laying three on the road, lead the series two games to one. Totals ticking up slightly now. I see it about, I see a 226 in a couple spots out here in Colorado, JVT. And I think from a total standpoint here for the Hawks, we did see some more double teams coming in and beat. He has absolutely crushed them at the line, getting them in foul trouble. He's shot 47 free throws so far through the first three games. Now, the double teams did come, but they were kind of passive and really allowed out Embiid to see the floor had eight assists in that game. I'm not really sure what else to do. What, what else the Hawks can do now with no Hunter on the floor out for the series. What adjustments do you think the Hawks can make to try to keep themselves in the series when it comes to having a guard Embiid? So, well, when guarding Embiid, James, I think we're done. Like you know, we we have. 
we have these these series at this point right now, these postseason games uh, as evidence. We have some regular season games as evidence. Joel Embiid, they, they just don't have an answer for him at this point right now. You know, you can go double and he can, just like you said, see the floor extremely well. He's an underrated passer and he can rack up some assists for some open shooters, which they have surrounded him with outside of Ben Simmons. Or you can go single coverage and, of course, Clint Capella is going to get destroyed. You can go small. And maybe that's that's a strategy we haven't seen a ton of, right, in terms of putting John Collins at the five and then having him sprint out to, you know, guard three-point shooters every five seconds on defense, wearing him down, and thus making him a little bit more manageable on the defensive end for you. So maybe we see a little bit more of that in that regard. But I think if you're Atlanta, the adjustments for you in this series are about your offense. Because if you look over the last couple of games, last two in that um, in that realm, you're talking about an offensive rating of 109.2. You're talking about shooting just 32.1% on 52 three-point attempts in total over the last two games. Your offense has disappeared at this point right now. And so I think more so in terms of adjustments, I, I don't really mind. I shouldn't even say I don't mind. We don't have an answer for Joel Embiid on that end. So let's do what we can on the other side to improve our shooting, which I think means starting potentially Kevin Herter in the starting lineup, right? Getting another shooter out there. Because part of the problem, too, with the, like the defense there, James, is – like Trey Young, for example, they're hiding him on Seth Curry. Seth Curry's averaging 18 points a game in this series, right? He's shooting 40% from three. So they have these two massive weak links defensively that they have no answers for. So I think it's more about improving your offensive output as opposed to trying to figure out how to stop Philadelphia, which is averaging 123 points every 100 possessions. Yeah, no, right. I mean, just let Embiid go ahead and get his uh, get roughed up uh, down low. Uh, those are two pointers. Which uh, on the other side, though, if you're the Hawks, T, and this is the reason why I was looking at that older over, but it's moved uh, in terms of they have to increase their three point output uh, and then knock him down. Gene Salinas talked about that earlier. Yeah, well, and change, you know, you look at Pritch, look at the the Knicks series, for example, mm-hmm. right? In the games, the games in which they won that series, you know, they shot over forty percent from three. Right, the one game that they lost, of course, they shot, I think it was like 32%, if I remember correctly. Okay. Like The shooting goes for the Hawks as they go. And the other thing, too, is, like, well, Trey Young, he is a dynamic player. He's a great pick-and-roll player. He's averaging eight three-point attempts per game and shooting 32%. Like, cut down on the attempts and find open guys, you know, around you. And maybe a Kevin Herter in the lineup actually helps you. John Collins is shooting 40%. Oh, yeah, Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich shooting 40%. You have multiple guys. Kevin Herter shooting 40% in the postseason. So you have guys out there who can do it. So maybe it's a cutback in attempts for Trey Young, putting another shooter beside him in that starting lineup. And Lou Williams, I should mention, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then maybe putting it out there in that regard. So I think that is the adjustment for Atlanta. you got to figure out your offense because defensively, you just you haven't shown anything that you can stop Philadelphia. JVT, so let's go to the other game, the late game tonight. Clippers hosting the Jazz game four. Five and a half is the number right now in favor of the Clippers, 223, 224-ish as far as the total is concerned. But we know the first story to unpack here is looking at the backcourt. Conley maybe comes back tonight, questionable again, hasn't played in this series. But Donovan Mitchell now, where does he stand? How is he? Says he's good to go, and he's a competitor. His mind's going to say that. He's going to be wanting to get out there. But Physically, I don't know what we can expect going into this game. I'm not going to play it. It's it's too much question marks for me. But when you're thinking about this series for game four and you do have Mitchell out there playing tonight and he is he is a go, you tell me, laying Clippers here five and a half, are you leaning Clippers in this matchup now? Uh, not only based on the injuries, but what we saw from the Clippers come game three. So, James, I think they're going to win the Clippers this game. Whether or not they're going to cover is obviously the question because I do think that five, we're right around the point where this number probably should be. And keep in mind for those out there, look, the, the, the Clippers, by the betting market standards, are the better team. 
if we're factoring in home court at about two and a half points here, we know that clearly the Clippers are going to be favored, you know, on the excuse me, in a neutral setting against this team. So it's about what you're doing because I thought it was fascinating. I tweeted this out earlier today, guys. From an offensive output standpoint, if I were to tell you that the Jazz were shooting 42.1% on 44 three-point attempts per game, that Donovan Mitchell was averaging 37 points per game on 50% shooting, that Jordan Clarkson is shooting 52% from three, that Joe Ingles is shooting over 40% from three, you would think that they were rolling in this series, and they're up to one, but they also have a negative net rating in the non-garbage time minutes in this series, despite those overwhelming offensive numbers. I, you know, I maybe you know people have accused me of the, the rose-colored glasses because I have picked the Clippers here, but I have seen a lot of positives for this team. And you look at that; the, the, that's in in and of itself is pretty surprising to see that all those overwhelming offensive numbers for the Jazz and still being outscored by 4.2 points every 100 possessions in non-garbage time minutes. You look at the adjustments that the Clippers finally made. Finally sticking to a small ball lineup with Nick Batum at the five. They took most their most attempts in this series within four feet of the basket than any of the other games. And that's not by coincidence. The, space, the spacing is so much better when they're going small, especially with Rudy Gobert, bringing him outside of the paint, not allowing him to do what he does in that area of the floor. Giving Terrence Mann 22 minutes, right? A dynamic off the ball kind of guy who could really, really attack the basket and just make things work defensively. I really like the adjustments that the Clippers made, I think, in this series, James. So I think overall... I do think the Clippers win, but I think from a power rating perspective and from a number perspective, this number is right where it should be. If we're talking like getting to six, then I think there is some value in taking that with the Jazz. But I, I think there is something to be said that the Jazz, as overwhelming as they have been statistically offensively, and you have a three-point win with a shot to tie it for the Clippers in game one, and a six-point win in game two, and you get overwhelmed in game three, I think the Clippers have something real working for them in this year. And when they look like this too, JVT, I don't care what color, color glasses you have on, this is a good right. basketball team. Uh, well, minus five to keep Rich. Yeah. Paul George finally waking oh, right. up too, right? Like, you, right. Know, like you, you, you saw at least what the gap could be between these two teams if everybody's clicking on all cylinders. And Marcus Morris, by the way, has yet to even wake up. So to yeah. your point, yeah, like the, there was some real stuff to work that there with the Clippers, but they have to be consistent. And to be fair, they haven't been throughout this postseason. I got to ask you about uh, what you've been tweeting about uh, Luka Doncic. Um, yeah. uh, he's unhappy with the Mavs. A surprise, surprise right there. You've been all over this. Uh, you are our NBA expert. Uh, what's going on with Luka and what potentially could happen as this develops? Well, you know, what's funny is there, there's a really intriguing sports gambling tie in, into this, Pritch. And that's a man by the name of Harlebaugh Vulgaris, who is, you know, a very well-known NBA handicapper and who made his way into NBA circles with the way that he has handicapped the NBA. And, he's, you know, he has helped out teams in the past with some of his expertise. And he has a very strong front office position for the Dallas Mavericks. And by all accounts, uh, he has the ear of one Mark Cuban. And it does not sit well with a lot of people in the front office. It doesn't sit well with Luka Doncic, who apparently told him to shut the F up at one point during a, an altercation on the sideline in February. So uh, it, it seems like Doncic is going to stick around. I don't know if you remember that press conference after they got eliminated. He was asked if he was going to sign the Supermax, and he smiled, and he said, what do you think? So he's going to be there. But that is something that's pretty interesting brewing here with an intriguing sports gambling tie that this man, Volgaris, does have the ear of Mark Cuban. And it does seem like a lot of people, both in the front office and on the floor, in Luka Doncic, aren't the biggest fans of the situation there. So it's something to keep an eye on in terms of the power dynamic over in Dallas. Well, we definitely will keep an eye on that. Uh, certainly, uh, Luca, a uh, superstar, I'd say at least. I, I tell you what, it's good for the NBA, though, uh, JVT, uh, to have these type of drama. I mean, we see that in the NFL play out all the time. Uh, he's our NBA expert, and he is awesome. JVT, thanks again for your time. Always appreciate it, guys. Good to talk to you. You too, absolutely. Enjoy the games uh, this evening. James, I'll do it for hour number one. We'll get some thoughts uh, as we get into hour number two about the NBA, Luca, all this drama too, if potentially it could be some. Uh, but then also some interesting comments from Carson Wentz. 
uh, James, that I want to uh, break down with you some optimism out there with the Colts, all because of their new quarterback. We'll get to those coming up next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free at- 